What up, though? And welcome back to Black Fridays, your weekly guide to black business. This week, I have joining me none other than the homie Cyrus Aaron. Cyrus is a Chicago-born creative who now spends most of his time in New York, where he works on his business, Black Hours. And through Black Hours, he puts on amazing productions that combine poetry and music. In our conversation, Cyrus opens up about how his creative experiences over the years have landed him opportunities to work with such companies as HBO, land big time productions in New York City, and also work on full length movies as well. So I'm really looking forward to you all hearing more about Cyrus and his company, Black Hours, and then also all of the creative projects that he's been working on. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Black Fridays. I'm having a, another amazing dope guest, superstar, big shot town stepper, rich homie Cy. Got my brother Cyrus in the building today. I uh, appreciate you pulling up uh, yeah, today. Thank you for having me. Of course. I appreciate you brother for the invitation for sure. Of course. And uh, I give a little bit of background to everybody listening um, about how I ch- had a chance to, you know, come across you and learn more about some of the dope stuff that you're doing, man. Random day out in uh, Seattle uh, as mm-hmm. as uh, I'm living in currently. And uh, shout out to the homie Britt. Um, you had came out here uh, visiting Seattle. Was it your first time out here? It was. So It was friend. the very first time. An intro intro to uh, to the Yaddle. Intro to the Yaddle. So shout out to the Yaddle. And uh, we were, uh, it was a random Tuesday. We had the day off of work and uh, we pulled up on you, man, at the airport. Um mm-hmm. Blasting karaoke, singing random karaoke <laughs> songs. <laughs> which, for, which for you, for for all the listeners to this podcast, if you're going to get picked up from the airport, um, even if it's an Uber or a Lyft ride, you need to. They need to just like have like a karaoke package, a part of it, or your friends just need to invest in a karaoke machine, a mobile karaoke machine, because that by far was the the best airport experience um, I've ever had. That was crazy. You know, just energy. It was like, you know, it's a whole like welcome reception. You know, like back in the day, you used to fly international and certain countries still do it. They'll have the whole like welcome band dancers on the on the tarmac like you. I think that's necessary even for just like the, the average Joe thousand percent we got to trademark the idea and we got to make that a business but we're gonna we're gonna talk about that offline okay all right true 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 right (laughs) ndas ndas all the listeners ndas will be signed precisely (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah man the day started that way and then we ended it man kicking it bowling just had a a a full day of nothing but great conversations great laughs and um yeah man just kicking it out in the yaddle like i said so yeah. i definitely want to skip over a few things but i ain't gonna <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> fast forward a little bit you know <laughs> but, moving, moving along <laughs> <laughs> small details small details but um yeah man it was dope i wanted to build upon the conversation that we had i don't think i got a chance to really get into um the uh, business aspect of the things that you do and then not even the full scope of the things that you do as a, a creative. So I'll go ahead and uh, start by asking uh, the question I asked all my guests is that if you could introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them what you do professionally and then also who is Cyrus as a person. 
Got you. Um, so on the professional side, um, Cyrus Aaron is a creative storyteller. And so I um, live and breathe in the veins of theater as a playwright, um, a performer and poet, uh, both in the um, stage live performance space and also um, in written text. Um, I just wrote uh Last year, just wrote my first two short films uh, that are both in post production, and so by 22 uh, next year, in a matter of months, really, um, I'll also be um, a um, filmmaker. Um, I can finally add that notch uh, to the belt, and then I also write for uh, brands, um, being a storyteller, and so I get the opportunity to create manifestos um, if a brand has like an upcoming campaign, and so I've done some uh, dope projects with the likes of HBO, um, Lowe's, um, Foot Locker, and so um, yeah, I kind of, wherever there are words, um, I always say, so am I, and so as a creative writer, creative storyteller, I get to exist and all these different um, uh, unique niches um, and platforms. And then as a person, uh, you know, uh, from the south side of Chicago originally, both the south side of the city and also the south suburbs, because over time, moms was like, we got to get out this, we got to get out the city. It's too crazy. And so as usually as folks do, we will make our way further, further out into the burbs. But uh, grew up, man, single parent home, um, fantastic upbringing you know an amazing mom mom dukes is you know she's the goat uh with her support encouragement you know and um her fostering uh ended up at michigan state university i uh, got my degree in journalism um and then made my way to new york um so educated um, very uh, well traveled. I love to travel. So as a person, you know, always being up in the air and going somewhere is a part of, you know, um, how I, you know, live and breathe and, you know, really find balance in life. Um, love all things art, art focused, art related, visual arts, performance art, um, film, TV, um, musicals, um, again, the theater stage, of course, poetry, dance, all of it, you name it, I'm, I'm for it. Um, and just, you know, Chicago, man. So it's a down to earth, you know, brother, man, just out here, just trying to, you know, trying to like spark the next revolution and get the people going, man. Thousand percent, and you know I'm from Detroit, which we talked about. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Down the street, uh, basically Chicago is uh, a cousin, and I literally like half of my mm-hmm. family is, is from Chicago. So definitely a big shout out to to Shot Town. And, and speaking of that, I wanted to ask you if you could take me back a little bit to young Cyrus and like mm-hmm. tell me when did the artistry bug kind of hit you, or like when did you know that you were really in the theater, really into words, poetry, writing? Like when did that come about? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I always say that, you know, you, you always, um, you've always done what you were meant to do. Um, it's just a matter of like compiling the pieces and finally the, that moment where it all makes sense. And so even very early on as, as a student, uh, as a kid, man, with, with the, the English classes or back in the day, you know, they called it language arts. Uh, I don't know if they still do that, but, um, you know, my teachers would always encourage my writing, you know, so even aside from 
getting getting good grades. You know, they would always have positive affirmations when it came um, to you know me as a writer. And I used to I used to devour books, bro. Like I I loved reading as a kid. Um, and I remember when uh, back in the day when Pizza Hut used to have like the little uh, like the little reading campaign, and you can you can win that personal pan pizza. Yep. Listen. Was in that mug at the library checking out books just to get that personal pan, bro. So uh, words have always fascinated me. Storytelling um, has always, you know, sparked something in me. If we had an, ass- an assignment in class and we had to like write poetry, even if even though the poem was most likely trash, um, it's still just in the the act of writing it. Um, I thought it was, you know, the dopest thing at that point in time, um, and then. Um, fast forward to really high school, my senior year, I joined the school newspaper and primarily I was an athlete, um, coming up as a kid. And so sports really was my primary focus. Like if you ask me what it, you know, what my plans were, it was to, you know, play ball, um, and and be in the league. Um, yet with that, one of my English teachers, um, really encouraged me to join the school newspaper. And in my senior year, um, I wrote somewhere around like 60 something articles. And I think we only might've had like nine issues. And so I was everything from, you know, politics to op-ed pieces, you know, um, school culture, race related joints, like, you know, um, music pieces, like you name it. I just, I connected, like I found something and I wanted to write about everything. So that was probably one of the most um, organized um, moments to where I was able to really um, get into writing uh, consistently and also see the, you know, the uh, results and like the printed um, outcome of my work. And then from there, that's how I ended up going to Michigan State to get my uh, degree in journalism. So you go to Michigan State, get the degree. Now, what happens after you leave Michigan State? Like, what was your first job or role? Like, what did you get into? Did you immediately go into the arts or did you kind of zigzag as far as career? Yeah. Uh, so, no. So interesting career. Uh history for me. So in my sophomore year, into my sophomore year, I started a magazine um, at Michigan State uh, because we didn't really have a medium that spoke to the experience for you know black students latino students asian students and students of of color right um and of course the pwi that's usually the case and so uh into my sophomore year you know i pretty much just like got went all around campus talking to everybody I need to, to, who could inform and give me information and share their experiences from advertising to marketing, to, you know, being an editor and all the things to say, all right, this is what we need to do. I'm going to get the funding. And, um, that magazine was called purpose. And, uh, we, in two years, we dropped, uh, 10 issues. So we did five issues a year, all student, student run magazine, student run publication. Uh, we got a lot of the, the campus, uh, departments to fund us and succeeding at that. Um, I realized in those two years that there was a need, which I felt for, uh, there to be a publication that spoke to students even outside of Michigan state. Right. And from having four years spent in the, in the state and, you know, having visited the different campuses and having different networks at the campuses, um, me and another, um, um, colleague, fellow student, we were like, yo, let's 
expanded outside of MSU. And so we, uh, my first two and a half years out after college, after graduating, I stayed in Michigan to um, create this regional publication for um, students um, within the state of Michigan. And, you know, most entrepreneur journeys, most, you know, um, startups, essentially, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the, the percentage side of it didn't pan out. And so we had a, a two year run um, and just, but it just became too much like overbearing. The team wasn't big enough, um, but learned a lot, you know, from managing, you know, not only a team, but managing a team made of predominantly college students. Um, and, you know, what it takes to build something. And so after that, uh, you know, that almost third year out, I knew New York was was down in the pipeline. Like I knew that would eventually be where I would end up because of the the art scene, because of the, you know, the, the industries that are here. Um, it was just a matter of like, you know, um, when and during college I interned so I you know I was I came and I interned for Essence uh magazine while I was at Michigan State and so I knew New York was was going to happen and uh finally I was like you know what I'm gonna make that move and and figure it out but I didn't want to land back into journalism and editorial um and so it was about really just finding my way creatively and at that time for at that time I only had poetry um, on my um, within my skill set. I hadn't gotten into theater yet. I didn't hadn't written any plays. And so I was on the like the, you know, trying to get on the open mic circuit, trying to get on the slam uh, poetry slam circuit here in New York. And, you know, I would go to New York. I would go to the Bowery, go to all these like pillar uh poetry um venues here and share and compete but it's you know there's no money there so it's like you can you can win a slam but really it's just like you know notoriety and bragging rights it's just like yo like all right cyrus and here won this slam but you know that that side of the the uh the skill um at that point in time you know there there really wasn't a lot of immediate like money uh potential there and i'm like i gotta survive i gotta pay rent like I got to figure, I got to, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be in New York, I got to afford to be here. And so I ended up working in hospitality and dining for five years while figuring out how I can, you know, break ground as an artist. Um, just randomly got a, a, a job working at a restaurant um, in the office and reservations. But then because of my background in media, I had all these questions. And then those questions turned into a pitch meeting. And then that pitch meeting turned into a promotion. And that promotion turned into a corporate career um, in hospitality and dining and on the um, guest relations and event uh, management side. And did that until that's from 2010 to 20 or 20. 11 to like 2016 and then 2016 i wrote my first play directed it produced it um my whole uh, invested the whole nine we put it up and it did really well and then the journey kind of begins artistically um from there and then uh <clears throat> excuse me black hours tell me more about that what what is that uh about how did that come about yeah, so the Black Hours is a uh, it's a really dope sonic collective. Um, so it's the the um, the merging of original spoken word poetry and then uh, musical covers. And so essentially, you're looking at the poet as like the lead singer, and I'm backed by um, amazing vocalist and then also amazing musicians. And so it's a it's an idea that I always had. I'm a huge fan of music, man. I, I'm a I'm a music buff. Love. I just, I love melody. I love, you know, tone. I love pitch. I love like rhythm. And so 
everything I do, especially creatively, I always um, have to have music to accompany me in the creative process. And so even when I first moved to New York, you know, I always wanted to like pair up, you know, and, and have accompaniment with a vocalist or with, you know, a guitar player or, you know, somebody on trumpet, but I just didn't have the network. And so over the years of being in the art scene, um, beginning to befriend different artists, I'm like, yo, I got this gig doing, you know, poetry here, like come and sit in with me and let's just like vibe and figure it out. And so after doing that for, for, you know, um, a few years, finally I had a network and I was like, all right, y'all, this is my idea. Let's take a poet, a vocalist, and a and a band, and let, like let's crush it. And so, what you do is blending the original poetry with with covers. Um, poetry by itself is a lot of listening, and so to break that up a little bit, you then offer familiar um, songs and music, and so then it just comes a feeling experience as opposed to just a very heady listening experience right like with poetry you have to sit there you have to listen you have to translate you have to understand you got to follow um and so we give just enough poetry and then we you know mash it up with songs that immediately just allow you to tap into you know your feeling tap into your soul um and so you can sing along in the process and uh we've been rocking now for uh what is that 2017 end of 2017 was our first gig and so we've been rocking now uh, about four years you know you can not include 2020 because of the pandemic um, but we've had you know gigs with uh spotify with hbo um yahoo um uh, we had a residency with soul house out here in new york um of course we perform for different venues out here in new york and so it's a it's a real vibe man and uh right now I'm work, we're working on um doing uh tape studio sessions so that we can share more um, in the social media space, um, more of what we do as opposed to just a live experience. I, that definitely was my next question. Uh, do you have a, a digital component to it? Because I mean, based off of that, I mean, that's dope. That make me want to take a trip to New York just to yeah. you know, see that live <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 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 The digital is definitely the, uh, it's the, it's the next, it's the next scope just so that there's more accessibility. Um, and, and that's just something I've learned across all the, uh, performance mediums that I, you know, that I work in because usually it is a ticketed event somewhere where you have to physically be there. Um, and you, you had to see it for yourself, but then there's not a lot of, um, you know, um, follow up or recap just within, you know, the, on the, on the digital world, we can just to watch, even if they're not, you know, here in New York or, or locally based. And then with the pandemic, it only kind of, um, you know, uh, push that up. So I'm to say like, we really do need to, um, have a online presence, um, so that people can like, you know, really vibe along with and, and, and see us grow. And so that's definitely down. That's in the scope for, um, 2022. For sure. And uh, I had a, a question for you or a thought, because based mm -hmm. on the conversations that we've had um, so far, it seems like you have a really great understanding or mixture of the creative aspect of things and also business as well. So mm -hmm. for yourself, have you ever thought of yourself more so as one of the other or have you always just kind of been like, you know, business minded, because like, I didn't know you started the magazine when you was in college. So, you know, that, yeah. that takes a certain type of, you know, thought process, business acumen. Um, so just wanted to know, like, have you always had that in you or is that something that you grew into? Uh, I would say I grew into it um, simply by having an, an idea 
wanting to do the idea and then acting upon the idea. And then you kind of have to like figure all that other stuff out, right? The infrastructure organization, um, you know, being, I'm a much more, very much so a people person. So I'm cool with asking questions, you know, sitting in the humble seat, you know, and just, and getting information so that I can better understand things that are new to me. Um, and if that's what, if that's what's required, right. To be able to, um, in effect, uh, manifest, you know, and physically act out the thing that you, you, you see in your head, it's like, well, that's just a step that needs to be done. Um, I have found it unique because of my experience in, you know, my business experience, when I have conversations with other artists and creatives, that's usually the thing that's, um, lacked and it's not, um, not, uh, not present, which can be, uh, which can sometimes be a bit frustrating, but at the same time, I think for artists, I think Kanye just, uh, one of his recent interviews was, was speaking to this, to where you're seen as, and what's expected of you is based upon what you can do. Um, and, and any, even, you know, athletes can, you know, they kind of fall in that same, that same lane where just do what you're good at. And then everybody else will take care of all the other stuff. Right. Uh, which limits us because it doesn't really allow us to, um, employ some of the skill sets that we actually do have in us. And some of the things that, that just need the space to grow or just need a little tutelage. Right. Um, and so with my background and having had, having that infrastructure and that organization, um, from a business standpoint, and then, pursuing the arts it really just helped me and allowed me to move um specifically um move you know at scale and and also move within you know a vision and um to then be able to like bring in other people and it not be chaotic but actually fall right in line with what the uh what the the vision is for sure. And you have a, a obviously a, a lot of different moving parts and a lot going on. How do you maintain balance in terms of everything that that you do? Do you have like a system like is your day is like heavily scheduled or do you just kind of like have a great priority system? Like what keeps you kind of <laughs> in order with everything? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I would say a, a, a good amount of it is, you know, uh, leaving room for instinct um, and keeping things um, like a balance between instinct and then also the structure where, you know, as an artist, you gotta, you have to have the space to, um, you know, sometimes be spontaneous, right. To just, you know, again, to move with an instinct. And so I always leave room for myself within that. So I, I, I try my best not to really, you know, um, overstack my calendar but from a um a structural standpoint i know what's at priority like i know what i have coming up um i know what i need to you know i know what the deadlines are and so i just you know i i find the rhythm to just be able to execute um while also giving myself the room to expand on new ideas and things that are you know i'm still trying to piece together um and so it's, there's a returning you know it's, it's back and forth of making sure you're returning to the things that are currently on the table and then also returning to the things that are still in your mind, but you just want to flesh out a little bit more and they need, you know, more time. Um, I, I tell a lot of my artist friends that I have a, um, I pretty much have a, a category, three categories in which I create in, um, and that's, uh, breadcrumbs, um, that's 
product and then it's art and breadcrumbs are things that are low demand from a time and task standpoint but are and and usually small in what the uh the end result is but you can do those very easily and so you can do those in volume and over time breadcrumbs they grow and grow and they feed your audience they feed your consistency they feed your practice um and they allow you know people to eventually get a um, a large idea or grasp of what it is that you do um product are things that you know i create with the intent to fund um the larger art because art are things that I'm passionate about. Um, it's, it's the ideas that I have that I've seen that I, you know, want to create. And, and those things take time. They take the freedom. And so they may not always have an immediate ROI. And so that's why you create product that allows you to scale and allows you to meet whatever your financial goals are. That also end up feeding and giving you the space, the time and the resources to create those larger art pieces. And so breaking it down like that, allows me to maneuver in a way where I can essentially kind of like plan out the year and like how much of each category I need to have. And then can you give us some insight into uh, a, a typical day for Cyrus? And I'm, I'm granted things are not always the same, but from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed, like what does a, a normal day look like for you? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you, Two distinct great days. Because <laughs> a great a, a one, you know, a great day for me can honestly be um, partially waking up and then listening listening to my body and saying, "Go back to sleep," <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then staying in bed to you know. 10, maybe eleven, depending upon just like again, like how what that what the strength of the fatigue is like how you know how low do i feel um and then just kind of just like you know freestyling man and just playing it by ear um but within that um that's just what i need i think as a creative as an entrepreneur you know that is a luxury um that i understand that i have and so i it's not that i take advantage of it but i do serve myself as best as possible um by giving myself the grace to have days like that and that's why i say i want to give two distinct typical but great days because that's also very valuable and a lot of people don't get the chance to just like you know i don't really feel like doing anything today mm -hmm. right um and then just letting letting it be without judgment um or being very um super critical or hypercritical of, our, of ourselves and so i say that just to say like for those of us who can like have those days. It's it's genuinely okay because the way in which the world moves and how we're kind of conditioned to move, you're going to get back to work. Like you, you're you're not going to like stay in that in that low place. But sometimes you just kind of need that as a reset. And on the flip side, um, for me, always waking up, um, I subscribe to different um, uh, newsletters that are either artistic, so like. Um, uh, a poem a day. I get a poem a day every day in my email. And so I'm always, that's always a daily read. Um, I'm also subscribed to some of the more like intellectual, uh, but also very like creative uh, 
um, email listservs. There's one called brain feeding. And so I, I read that just to kind of get the, get the thoughts and the wheels turning. Um, I try to write um, something, whether it's a thought, a meditation, a draft, uh, an idea for a creative piece. Like if there's something, whether it be in conversation, something that I've read, something that I've watched, I try to always pull something that I can then expound upon um, and kind of flesh out in my own mind um, every day. Um, and then from there, it's a matter of, okay, what's on the, what's on the docket? Like what's on the calendar or I have, you know, an upcoming gig. And so if, if that's the case, it's, I got to make sure I have time to work on my memorization, my uh, performance of a piece. If I have something that's owed to a client, then it's okay. Where are we are, where are we in the draft process? And so middle of the day, I'm really just knocking out um, all the things on a to-do list that are either for um, me or for um, other people, partners, clients that I'm working with on different projects. And then um, at the end of the day, man, you know, it's like researching, reading, um, very key. Like there's always a new book, you know, that I'm like ordering from Amazon. Um, always something that I'm looking, I'm just, I'm always in search of thoughts, like always. And that is, that's probably my most consistent daily practice, uh, you know, paired with writing, always in search of thought, someone else's thinking, someone else's ideas and see how someone else's, you know, mind works, how someone else sees the world. And then to kind of reflect on that um, and then get to what my voice is. And that's dope, man. Shout out to you. That's uh, yeah. giving both perspectives for sure. Cause I, I had a day like that on Friday. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like doing anything. I didn't do much of anything. So yeah. I just, it, it was what it was, but today I knew I had to get active in a certain things that I want to do. So I'm definitely uh, making, making a list and getting those things done and just knocking it out while I got the time. And then tomorrow exactly. I'll go back to doing nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> balance, baby, balance. It's all about balance. <laughs> all about balance. So Speaking about balance, uh, this is my favorite part of Black Fridays. Mm-hmm. It's called Freestyle Fridays. And uh, very simple. Uh, it's a random assortment of questions. They're all about you, so you shouldn't get them wrong. And I uh, only got two rules. You answer everyone, and you answer honestly. That's it. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's get to okay. it. Now, this one. I thought you were about, about to ask me to freestyle. I'm about to be like, yeah. no. <laughs> but see, I mean, I, you see, you do, you do poetry. You also a music lover. You probably got some bars. I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you had some bars. So may, next time, next time we going to. Okay. Okay. We're going to do, uh, do a versus. We're going to do a versus. This is a hard hitting question. Um, okay. Best food. And, you know, I, I think I may know your answer on this one. Chicago or Detroit? Who got the best food? No, oh, Chicago, for sure. Figured yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, the D got, you know, they have a, a, a lot of, you know, uh, great things. But from a, a food standpoint, I mean, and obviously even great, short answers, Chicago, for sure. I think the the mix of cultures uh and the type of city that it is, um, that it is the smaller market, but still one of the top markets that, you know, you have a lot of great uh, chefs mm-hmm. that uh, end up either setting up shop or coming through in Chicago. And then, of course, the hood classic spots, you know, when I would have to compare a Harold's versus a Coney, you know, it's just like right. I'm Harold's all day, you know. And then I also see a lot more of Chicago like uh local legends expand to cities like Detroit with like a JJ's fish, you know, they just opened up a Herald in, in, uh, in LA maybe a few years ago. And so Chicago all day. 
Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, coldest winners, Illinois or Michigan? Mm. That's tough. That's tough. Because, you know, that, that lakefront, man, is um, it, it really depends on where you at. <laughs> depends on where you at. Because East Lansing, you know what I mean? Like we, the snow was, the snow was real heavy in East Lansing in, the, in those four years there, man. Um, but when you are in Chicago, and for most folks who know Chicago, you, you're near, you're downtown, you're near that lake. You're near Lake Michigan. That hawk, man, is just <laughs> that hawk is undefeated. That hawk is really undefeated, man. That wind just just takes it up a notch. And so I'm, you know, again, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chicago from for cold. Okay. You know, I'm, I, I can give Michigan the snow. I can give Michigan the snow. Fair. But that that cold, yeah, that that you know that that hawk just eat through whatever jacket, whatever coat, whatever down coat <laughs> you thought you had on. It just it eat right through that, bro. You're right to them bones. <laughs> I always tell people you would never know pain unless you had to take the bus in uh, the snow and uh, sub below weather. Mm, that part. Yeah, you would you would never know true pain. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, preferred method of travel. I know you like to travel and uh, and uh, be a jet setter. Would you prefer plane, train, or automobile? Uh, well, by flight all day because I, I love to travel internationally. And so, uh, if you could teleport somewhere right now um, and not be in New York with the rain, I'm sure it might be cloudy there too. Uh, where would you teleport? If you could just snap your fingers, be somewhere else. Where would you be? Mm, um, man, somebody's island. So, but honestly, I just picked—I just uh, picked up surfing this year, or learning how to surf, and so, uh, and I was in Costa Rica. So I say, Haco, Costa Rica, for sure. Put me right back in that in that water, and put me right back on that surfboard, Absolutely. for sure. <laughs> I cannot be mad at that, for sure. Um, give a piece of advice to young Cyrus. Let's go back to let's go to seventeen. Make it interesting. Well, what is it? So 17, that's 2002. I'm like, yo, there's going to be a thing called cryptocurrency. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to call it Bitcoin. (laughs) You need to, you need to go door to door. You need to sell whatever you can sell, make you, (laughs) make you some money (laughs) and and have your mama uh, (laughs) invest uh, in Bitcoin. Um, yeah, definitely. It would be, uh, yeah, it would be investing. It would be the thing because on the, the the life path, like all the experiences that are are ahead for young Cyrus, like all the right choices. Follow your follow your instinct. Follow your heart. Follow your gut. You're gonna be fine. Um, on an intervention standpoint, listen, hustle. Whatever little side job, Walgreens, Home Depot, Menards, wherever you're working, save that money. And and get somebody to open up an account for you so you can invest, you know, coming from where I come from, that wasn't a thing, man. You know, and so that's something I've definitely learned in, in adulthood, um, you know, in, in my 30s, you know, and so I would definitely drop those gems now to give uh, Cyrus a chance, a little young Cyrus to break the cycle um, and come up, come up on a little piece of change. Dope, dope. And then poof, you just disappear. And then I'm gone. Right? <laughs> um, I'm gone. Who who is the oldest friend that you have, or the the first one that comes to mind that you've known forever? Wow, um, can't say I, I can't 
I, I don't have uh, own forever friends, um, but I got a homegirl from high school that I still rock with. Um, and so that's what, since we were, yeah, either I think freshman or either sophomore year in high school. And she's like one of the few folks from high school. And prior to that, I moved around a lot as a kid. And so like, I had very short stints of like, um, childhood friends but like yeah Casey is like my is my oldest running homie and I just saw her when I was back in Chicago um back in September um and she's just you know recently got engaged and so really excited for her um and she's doing her thing back at the crib so yeah longest running will be will be her and of course like a lot of homies a lot of BFFs from uh from Michigan State you know my boy Will Lindsay um my boy Tone Lauren just yeah cake like the 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 list is msu gave me you know some uh the, the forever friends so i got family dope love it same same thing for me and my people from michigan definitely family now so yeah feel that uh current song that you have a heavy rotation i know you're a music lover but what's something you keep that's on repeat for you right now Mm, well, that's a great question. Actually, so what's funny, I just heard uh, Rainy Day by Shuggy Otis. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's probably it's in the it's in the jazz, um, easy listening vein, um, Boston over like. And what's crazy is it's actually the, the there's a, the, a Beyonce sampled it for I'm taking back first album Gift of a Virgo. Um, so I've had that on uh, repeat because it's something I can easily write to as well. So that, and that was literally it as of like since Wednesday. But I've been I've been listening that been listening to that heavy. Um, who would you do a cipher with? Now this could be a poetry cipher. This could be a rap cipher. Whatever instruments, like what, however you want to do it. Who would you do a cipher? Mm-hmm. With? That's fire, actually. So okay, um, and what what we would call cipher. Or a, or a shed session, because I would definitely make it, um, I would get uh, various artists in there from different mediums. And I would, you can throw uh, Robert Glasper in there. Um, Jill Scott. Um, Jilly from Philly. Jilly from Philly. Um, I throw um, Mahogany Brown, poet, author um aja monet poet um activist artivist um jive poetic poet dj um i would i would add in there um kareem riggins um who else common because he's you know common is common so like clever man i've just just freestyling off the top. Um, oh, you go to one of his live shows. So underrated. His freestyle. Yo, it's so underrated. It's 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 crazy, bro. Um, so definitely throw comment in there for that energy. Um, Leanne Lahavis, just because I'm just want to hear her voice, um, <laughs> in um, amongst the space and creatively on a on a cipher shit session, just to kind of see what she comes up with. With that her texture, man, her voice is crazy. Jasmine Sullivan, crazy. Um, yeah, who else? Man, I listen, I have everybody named Mom in there, bro. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, if, the lineup you gave sounds like yo, be like one of them ciphers that y'all just in there for six hours just going. Bro. Yeah, indeed, man. Indeed. Yeah, that would definitely be a uh yeah, that would definitely be a uh a, a fire uh session for sure. 
And do you have a quote that you live by or a favorite saying that you have? Hmm. Um, uh, Maya Angelou, the, the late and, you know, phenomenally great. Um, she, she used to quote this Latin uh, text. Um, and it, pretty much the translation is, I'm a human being and nothing human is um, inalienable to me. And so essentially saying nothing human is foreign to me. Um, and that has always grounded me both as a creative and also as a, um, a human being trying to figure out this crazy thing called life. Um, so that's, that's definitely uh, one that I hold close to the chest. No doubt. No doubt. And that's a that's a beautiful one. So I want to thank you for uh, engaging in my shenanigans on Freestyle Fridays. <laughs> you successfully passed. So kudos to you. Shout out to you. Uh, Mama, and, we made it. <laughs> and and the next thing that I like to do with my guests is I call it the Friday Flex. So it's giving you the opportunity to stop and then just think of anything that you are proud of yourself for accomplishing most recently or that just comes to mind. Oftentimes we don't give our, we don't stop to really think about and kind of, you know, smell our own roses, so to speak. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's not like a braggadocious thing, but more so just really like, Hey, I'm proud of myself for doing that. And it could be as simple as I'm proud of myself for getting out to bed today, but, you know, <laughs> just want to, just want to give you the space to, you know, speak on that. Uh, yeah, man, just, you know, from the, uh, creative standpoint, um, next year, February, um, uh, one of my short plays is a part of an anthology um, from the fire this uh, the fire this time um, uh, festival, which is a uh, uh, theater festival here in New York, and they're um, they're having uh, the creator of it um, got the got publishing to do a anthology of twenty five plays over the last uh, ten or eleven years of the festival, and so one of my plays would be in the anthology um so shout out to the fire this time festival shout out to uh kelly nicole gerard um for just doing the work for uh black voices in the theater space and so that's a, a major accomplishment to you know have your work um in published living and eternal um work um i just did a uh uh, campaign with HBO Max for um, a new uh, brand focused for um, um, the Black community, Black audiences, Black viewership um, called Scene in Black. And so I was a creative behind the scenes um, um, for their launch and then also did the voiceover uh, for uh, the spot that dropped um, on the launch, which was like, you know, really like three weeks ago um, or maybe almost a month now. And so Scene in Black is going to be really dope for content, um, up and coming, you know, um, posts and promotions of events um, from the HBO Max community, um, a lot of their Black uh, actors and uh, directors and producers. They're going to be rolling out a lot of content. So I'm excited to see uh, what comes of that for the larger community. Um, and then always, man, grateful, just, you know, thankful and grateful waking up being alive, man, you know, it's, I think, I think it's very easy for us to, um, to, uh, undermine, uh, ourselves and this experience, this chance that we get to, uh, live life. Um, and so just to be able to like, you know, have another go at it, 
um, and to re- recognize, you know, how special we all are, both individually and also, you know, as a community, having the same experience and just again just trying to figure figure things out and do the best with what we what what we have. So grateful and thankful for that. That's always a success. Hundred percent, man, and, and shout out to you for accomplishing all of that. And I had a question for you: um, if yeah. you could give a bit of advice to, <clears throat> excuse me, creatives who may be listening to this, or people who know creatives, but you had the opportunity to work with some big brands, and and you know that's a not a small thing, and I'm sure it wasn't necessarily easy. I don't know for you, it, it might have been because you know you you got it like that. <laughs> but um, if you could give them some advice on if they're trying to, uh, you know, find that big break or you know find that big client or big opportunity, um, what would be your advice for them to, to do that? Um, hmm. One, I would say do the things that come authentic to you. Um, because it's very easy to just try and like follow the trends, right. To see what's, you know, what's taken off and and then run and jump and do that and try to be this, you know, chameleon and mimic what other people are doing or what other people are consuming or buying. Just do what comes authentic to you um, because you're always going to be most consistent at that. And then that becomes your foundation and it allows you to build on top of that to then create or walk into other opportunities. But if you're, you know, always wavering and you're, you know, you're all over the place and you don't, you don't have a core or root to return back to, um, then you, you kind of are operating without, uh, you know, a North star. Right. It's just you're just seeking opportunity. Um, And I think for the the thing that best serves us is that when we recognize that we are opportunity. And so as long as we commit to the voices, the stories, the narratives, um, the creations that, you know, are speaking to us to be put out into the world, just keep doing that. And then I promise, you know, doors will open up and people to ask you will ask you to do things that you didn't even expect um, that you didn't even see yourself doing. Um, But again, that only comes when they recognize and see your consistency, your skill set, how great and dope you are at what it is that you do authentically well. Great advice. Great advice. So I uh, appreciate you sharing that. And um, I wanted to ask, uh, in the essence of Black Fridays, why, in your opinion, is it important to support our Black creatives, our Black professionals who are, you know, doing dope things in the community, our Black businesses? Um, just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I know society pushes pushes this message um, of like a very rugged individualism, like, you know, do it on your own, do it by yourself, like, you know, be an island. Um, but the reality is, you know, collective economics is really the only way to, you know, truly build success, especially if we're talking about wealth, right? And longstanding um, generational um, wealth. Um, when you talk about, you know, breaking the cycles, you know, transforming um, livelihoods, it can't just be one person. Um, and we can't just, you know, put it all on one person, which is why you hear the struggles of like, you know, from athletes to artists who, you know, sign big checks and contracts, you know, in the, in the beginning. And then, you know, two, three, four, five, 10, 15 years, they don't have anything to account for because it was one, it was just them. Um, two, there were things in, within those industries that exploit them. And so, you know, they, 
money is always essentially being taken or stolen in a way. But then also the people who, you know, are close closest to them end up having to solely rely on them. And I think if we begin to work as uh, Issa Rae said it, I think laterally, right, working with peers and having a vision for the future that we can all eat and we can all eat really well if we put the time in and support, and support each other um, in the process where we can be an individual, but we can also be individuals who are contributing to a community. Um, that changes the game, and especially for Black folks. That allows us to... Um, you know, institute ourselves, right? To really be able to to make investments, to be able to build, um, to be able to plan, to be able to really change the systems that um, have taken advantage of, of t- have taken advantage of us for so long. So, yeah, don't you know? Don't do it on your own. Do it with a team. Every we all eat. You know, like it's 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 important. Um, and I think if we move like that, um, I think we'll be in a, in a much better place. Um, and our kids and future generations will be in a much better place. And you mentioned uh, Issa and, um, you know, she's an embodiment of the exact statement that she made uh, as far yeah. as working, later- <clears throat> excuse me, laterally, because a lot of the people that she's worked with before when she was grinding during the YouTube era, era and the, the YouTube boom of black content, uh, you see those people in movies now. You see these people on major television shows and um, are writers for big TV shows and a part of her, some of her productions that she's been able to climb. So I think that's extremely important as well, you know, working laterally and then uh, and and not always looking to, you know, how can I, you know, climb this ladder? And like you said, not just be on the island and, and do it on my own, but, you know, build out that team, work with it's yeah. people right next to you, your peers have the capabilities and the skills. You don't have to really look uh, too much further, but, you know, that that's not what society tells us a lot of times is right. that you need to always be looking up. So um, definitely feel you on that. And uh, so what's next for Cyrus? What's next for Black Hours? What's next uh, in, in in life? What do you envision for the future? Any dream projects that you want to work on? We believe in speaking things into existence mm. uh, here on Black Friday, giving it to universe and, and having it come back. So, you know, what's next for you? Uh, man, still just, you know, as a, uh, you know, the, uh, MSU football, you know, they're, uh, one of the things that they, you know, um, their biggest, um, mantras, you know, declarations this year, is just to keep chopping. And so for me, man, it's about this, it's, it's keep chopping away, um, at the, the long revisions, you know, and, you know, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm willing into power that from theater, and you know, doing full-out productions in, in the theater space and getting to Broadway, excuse me, um, you know, doing full-length films and feature films, you know, and 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 getting to that, you know, those box office moments, um, you know, using the Black Hours as a platform to you know inspire people to you know help liberate people through, you know the affirmations of, of words and the power and transformative, you know, um, capacity of words and rhythm and melody, um, and letting that become, you know, whatever it's, it's intended to become, you know, as long as it serves the purpose, um, writing a first, you know, collection of poetry and the plan is for that to be released next year. Um, and so just, just to keep chopping away, bro. Um, and, and, you know, again, just continue to, um, you know, add to the path of black writers, black creatives, black storytellers, and just and and black people um, as a whole. And you know, 
offering my voice to the the larger um you know pool you know and and space of beautiful black voices and lives that you know get the opportunity to exist and to grow and expand i'm just just doing my part absolutely and for the people who want to follow the journey they want to learn more about what you got going on they want to catch a show live where can they find you what's your handles website all that good stuff yeah uh Instagram, uh, officially Cy, um, and you can just, or you can just, you know, type Cyrus space Aaron and then officially Cy and the handles will come up in a search. Um, all things on Instagram, I pretty much, you know, post everything, um, uh, for updates, upcoming events, projects, and it's just like, you know, again, my thoughts, my mantras, things I'm reflecting on. Um, it, it lives there. Um, Cyrus Aaron.com, um, website is, is, is that I am going to, uh, I'm working on doing, uh, a, uh, update to my website, but everything as is, you know, is there for just more information and background and context um and then yeah just you know keep following staying alone if you ain't following you know hopefully i'll do something soon that that uh, at least just gets in front of you and then that way you can uh, but oh yeah my man i uh he was on that on that podcast and so yeah those are the platforms Definitely, definitely make sure y'all go show Cyrus some love. Go to Black Hour's website. Go to his website. Um, check him out, Cyrus Aaron. Definitely tap in with the Instagram. Uh, dope content all around, man. And, and the work that you're doing is, is very important. Um, and, you know, I think that we don't always get enough shine on, on you know, our Black artists and, and the people who are in the space that you're in. And then also it's so many different things that go into it. And um, I really, what I really admire about it is like the community aspect of it so like the things that you do with black hours and um i'm sure there's a collective of different um poets writers that you get to tap in with and uh, you know that's really a special space and uh you know wish that uh we have more insights into it man but you you live in it man and it's, it's dope and it's really great to see the things that you've been able to accomplish and like your progression um over the years even though you know we just met um recently but you know just hearing your story and how things have progressed man it's truly dope and you know only only bigger and better things from here man i so, appreciate it bro absolutely uh, yeah yeah. So keep, like you said, keep chopping away, man. And, and mm-hmm. all, all in due time for sure. And I appreciate you, uh, making this happen, man. And, and glad we was able to expand on the convo. This was dope. Oh yeah. Oh man. Thank you again. Thank you for the invitation and uh, for the opportunity to, just to share the space, bro. Like much, much success uh, to you and what you're doing uh, for the community for sure. My guy, I, I appreciate it, man. And, and for all of those listening, I appreciate y'all as well. Thanks for pulling up to another episode of black Fridays. Mm-hmm.